Salt Lab Radio is brought to you by Silver Sea Cruises. With more than a thousand destinations over seven continents, including exclusive culinary adventures on the all-new Silver Moon, Silver Sea travels deeper. Hey, it's Adam. We traveled to record this episode last fall before anybody had heard of COVID-19. As we remain at home, we're thinking of our friends all around the world. And in the spirit of future travels, we're excited to share these stories. Albania was the North Korea of Europe for several decades. Now, this young developing country, which is only 30 years old, kind of gets a bad rep in these movies and stuff. And I feel like, well, that's kind of BS. Uh, can there be another voice for Albanians? Yes. So how can I do that? I'm a chef. I'm a professional chef, and I want to discover my, my roots. And if I can apply my knowledge and my interest in discovering these roots, why can't we just work on this line of thought and say, okay, we are very rich in gastronomy. We have a very, very rich culture. And so maybe we can expand upon this. That's Faisal Demirai. He cooks full-time in the kitchen of Noma in Copenhagen. It's one of the best restaurants in the world. Chefs at Noma don't typically have a side hustle, let alone the energy to put the food of their ancestral homeland on the map. But Faisal, a 32-year-old Albanian-American, has an extra gear, not unlike his boss, Rene Redzepi. Faisal is driven to the extreme. Being around him, you get the sense he's not just doing a job, he seems like he's always on a mission. And in whatever time he gets away from Noma, Faisal flies to Albania, where his family goes back generations. He travels there in the hopes of spreading the word about Albanian cuisine through a nonprofit he started with his friend Nicolene Kola. Faisal and Nick travel extensively over unpaved roads, knocking on doors, and looking to unlock their country's greatest culinary secrets. In the last year, Faisal and Nick have visited more than 700 villages together. They've spent thousands of hours on the road, and they're not done yet. Much to our good fortune, Faisal invited us to come along with him and Nick on an incredible recent leg of their journey. Welcome aboard, and welcome to Albania. I'm Adam Sachs. This is Salt Lab Radio. The men on the flute, that's Sofo. Sofo is a shepherd and farmer. He plays the flute to relax after his work is done. So Sofo is now a... Uh, the position? Mir, uh, Mir. Bonne, 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 bonne. Right now Sofo is uh, butchering one of the goats. That's Sofo too. Along with his wife Dorata, Sofo lives in Trajas, a mountain village in southwest Albania, about 100 miles up the coast from the Greek border. Getting to their house is not easy. Our jeep clawed and tipped and teetered its way up a narrow trail until we finally reached a clearing and the restaurant Sofo and Dorata call Sofra i Vieter. In Albanian, that essentially means the old table or the old way of eating. Faisal says this place has the best view in the whole country and the greatest kitchen he's ever seen. But before we describe that view, that kitchen, and why what's cooked there is so delicious, I want you to get to know Faisal like I have. He has a special way of connecting you to a land that means everything to him. So the expedition started as a personal project and a personal desire to discover my roots here in Albania. Um, because, you know, being an Albanian born in America, you hear stories of the motherland and you have Albanian community, etc. And 
you may have the longing to discover, you may not. Uh, so being a chef and, you know, kind of reaching a point in my career where I have the, the need to work on something for myself, let's say, uh, work on a project that I can I feel much closer to than just working with somebody else is thinking, OK, maybe I can just travel a bit um, and discover and go to villages, isolated areas and see are there traditions which we can discover that many people don't know about? Are there traditions which are going to be lost uh, that are being lost? Uh, and this was the kind of inspiration for it. And so it's still it's still what drives the uh, the expedition, which is to discover traditions and preserve them. Faisal and Nick have given the nonprofit, which runs their expeditions, an Albanian name. They call it Renault. That's R-R-N-O. It's an old word meaning to live on. The term to live on represents very well what we're trying to accomplish, let's say. Our mission is to preserve, develop, and promote Albanian gastronomy worldwide. One reason Faisal is here is because for decades, the idea of sharing Albanian culture from the inside out was impossible. During the rule of Enver Hoxha, which lasted from 1944 to 1985, Albania became increasingly cut off from the world. Faisal's family ultimately fled Hoxha's brutal dictatorship, settling in the Bronx in the 1960s. Faisal's expeditions pay homage to his grandparents. He wants to make them proud by doing what they would never have imagined possible. They wouldn't have been able to see a future for the country based on the way they left it. They escaped a country which, where religion was abolished, where God didn't exist, belief in the party was above all. Your own land turned into a concentration camp. Your animals were taken. You were forced to work on your own land to serve the government, and you were fed three spoons of flour and water a day, and you lost, you know, you lost all ownership of everything. And my grandfather's house was burned down. My grandfather's father was shot when he was the age of 16. He was an orphan. Uh, and then at that young age, he, was, he felt like it was, he was forced to defend his, his land against this terrible regime. The food Faisal's grandmother cooked for him as a child made him realize just how dynamic Albanian food is. He knew early on about all the work that goes into it and the significance of sharing it. Take, for example, a dish called flea. So flea, flea in my opinion, embodies the national dish of all Albanians. Uh, it's a dish that I believe almost every Albanian can associate with, no matter where in the world you are. Uh, it's a dish that personally reminds me of my grandmother and her cooking and her care and her love. Uh, and I believe that's the same for every other Albanian that, Albanian that can associate with it. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a dish per se, but it's kind of a, if I had to use these words, I would use, I would say it's a kind of layered, savory cake of crepes, which are all barbecued. So you have this, you have basically two, two batters or two components where one would be a, a batter made from flour and water, simply, maybe wheat flour, maybe a mix of wheat flour and corn flour, maybe just corn. And then you have a kind of the other component, which would be the dairy component. So it would be maybe butter or it could be maza, which is, you know, delicious cream from Albania, uh, maybe yogurts. And so you start with this layer, the crepe, which would be the flour and the water, and you, you cook it with a sach. So sach is basically, and sach is essential in, in traditional Albanian cooking. Um, it's essentially a metal lid where you would hold ashes or wooden coals uh, 
as a heat source, so you'd kind of cook from above. So at the same time as it's used as a broiler, you would kind of use it for insulation and uh, like an ambient heat. So you start with this uh, this crepe and you cook it with you onto, to perfection. Uh, so it's just nicely caramelized everywhere and then you brush it with a layer of this butter or dairy or whatever you feel. Sometimes people put eggs uh, to add some richness to, the, to, this, to this dough. And then you continue this process. So you, you, bro, you barbecue this dough, you add the dairy, you barbecue the dairy till it's just nice and caramelized and then you continue this until you have Let's say, I want to say 40 layers because 40 I've, done, layers I've done it myself with 40 layers, and I, I believe many people want to say that. <laughs> um, but it's, let's say, between 30 and 40 layers. So you're putting on each, you're putting on a layer, letting it cook, putting the sach on top of it. You've got the heat from the bottom. You've got the insulated heat yeah. from the top and all around from the sach. You're waiting for that layer to cook. Then you take it off, add some dairy, add another layer, let that cook. So it's not just 40 layers, it's every layer of dairy and it's stopping and starting and pulling it off the heat and putting it back in. So it's a really complex dish. So, so yeah, I mean, it is, it is quite complex. It's deceptively complex. I mean, when you think about the dairy as well, it's probably about 80 layers, to be honest. Um, and it requires the patience of a Jedi to focus on this. And who would care more about serving the family and making sure the family is well-fed besides a grandma? Yeah. Who does the work for free, you know? Uh, this the perfect. Uh, it's 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 quintessential to honestly for me. It's like when I think of my grandma, it's it's flea. And you were telling me that sometimes so it's it's round. It's in a round dish, but it can also be sort of made in the shape that represents the sun. Exactly. Uh, so there's there's a few ways to there's several ways to make the flea. Uh, in some parts, you would. Let's say you make a, you have your tray and you simply pour the the batter in, so that's just a, a, a round layer every every layer. Uh, but then at some point, or in, an, in another way to make it would be to kind of spoon in lines of the batter in in the shape of like the rays of the sun. Um, and this, and in the end, you have this, and then you would caramelize. So you would caramelize layer by layer, but simply covering up where. The caramelization has happened, so it's it's not like one big layer every single time. It'll be just like these stripes of this this dough, and kind of it's like it's probably like I don't know, like a hundred layers or something. <laughs> the way I think about it, a hundred layers of rays of, yeah, the sun rays of the sun to come up with a what is it about an inch thick when it's done or, or thicker? Uh, depending on who makes it, yeah, let's say inch and a half to two inches. Um, it can get quite quite big, um, and then the the sun. You know, the history of the flea with, with this regard is that it represents the pagan symbol for the sun. Okay. It's over a thousand years old, this dish. Faisal jokes that one way to conduct a successful expedition in Albania is just to speak with as many grandmothers as he can find. You're going knocking on doors saying, do you have any traditional recipes? Is there a grandmother here? What do, what do you do when you Sometimes, when you yes. <laughs> Sometimes kind of like, oh, we look at this. Oh, let's go talk to them and see what, what are they harvesting right now. And then you talk to them and you see, you know, they're harvesting corn to dry for the next several months. Or they're picking milk thistle. Uh, and maybe they're harvesting mulberries to make raki or grapes to make raki, whatever it is. And then you, you talk to them and... You know, it's also in Albanian blood to be welcoming to strangers and those, you know, those who are coming into your land, let's say. So it's quite easy to meet someone quite random and ask them a bit about themselves. So they don't think you're nuts when you show up and say, tell uh, us how you make 
your grandmother's uh, recipe. They're nuts when we say, wow, that's amazing. Please tell us more. We're so fascinated with that one little thing that your grandma just made for us. We're so fascinated with the milk that's coming from your cow, you know, which you are lucky enough to feast on every single day. So the goal of the expedition, there's several goals. Um, In essence, it's to preserve these traditions, to find them, to preserve them, because at some point, you know, the generation which is keeping most of this tradition, they will pass on and, you know, there's a high risk. It's happening already. There's a high risk that somebody else is going to carry it on. I mean, you go to someone's house and might be a grandmother making you flee, let's say, but maybe their children have moved away from the village and maybe have no desire to come back and then carry this on. Or, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of this. Do you view it as your mission to simply go out, find these dishes, document how they're made? Um, keep the preserve the tradition and as a as an almost as a history, or is, do you view your mission and what you want to do with this to, is to get people cooking this stuff again, or at least knowing it uh, and being proud of proud of their tradition? Exactly, exactly. So this is actually both is would be a major part of our mission to understand it, to document how it's made because you make it. You know, for example, for flea, you make a few different ways in several different regions. You know. In parts of cassava, you might make it only with flour as the main ingredient for the for the for the batter, whereas in shishtavets we have it with uh, flour and corn. So yeah, depending on the region of, you know, in, where you're making the flea, it could be several ingredients in the process. So maybe you make the the batter with just flour and water. Maybe you make it with wheat flour. I mean, maybe you make it with wheat flour and corn flour and water. Maybe the dairy is sour cream and yogurt sour cream and yogurt or just yogurt and butter or whatever these variations do depend on the region but what's important is that the technique remains now to discover this as professional chef as professionals in the food industry to 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 analyze these little components of how it's being made to analyze these little steps document it to really understand so that you know you can teach somebody how to make it and then yes be proud that we have this dish which has lasted over a thousand years. You know, keep eating it. If it's somebody who's making it in your in your sit in your neighborhood, buy it. If it's your grandmother, embrace it. If you don't want to make it, fair enough. But uh, understand it, and you, as as you know, the generations proceeding can can understand this, and understand that this is the cooking which you know fed your 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 past generations. Yeah, beyond <clears throat> just the the pleasure of it or the tradition of it why, why do you think it's important to, to hold well, on to I, this I grew up I grew up beating flea so it reminds me of my grandmother my grandmother came from Haas region in Albania she used to make it when I was uh, as a, when I was a child and it's something that brought everyone together and I think this is something you can say for for food in general I mean it does bring family together it's a very special time where everyone can eat together um, and so I think it's, it's important to understand that as an Albanian these traditions have been carried on by word of mouth for so many years, and the amount of mm, the amount of care which goes into this food translates to, let's say, the love of the family or something that you can only equate to a grandmother having. So it's 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 love for sure. You know, families are nurtured off of this. Generations of families which are isolated and have been isolated for you know, geographically have been have survived because of this. It's historically it's very important for Albanians this dish.
In addition to flea, we tried buk kalamoch nishlin, a deeply caramelized cornbread cooked over an open fire and soaked in cheese brine. On their journeys, Nick and Faisal have tasted oils pressed from some of Albania's 12 million olive trees. They say these oils rival the best in the world. They drank the juice from sour thana cherries and learned about Albanian fruit leathers and pastas with names like petka and yufka. One night, they came across bee pollen harvested in the moonlight beneath a mulberry tree, so rich and creamy that Faisal brought a jar back to the kitchen at Noma. They even traveled to the village in northern Albania where Faisal's grandparents once lived. Going to Tripoli and seeing the land and having eaten for a week, small, small amount of time, but having eaten off a week of the same land that my grandfather grew up in, uh, my grandmother grew up in, and seeing that, you know, this is like the cleanest, purest ingredient or dish that I've ever had. I mean, wild fruit is abundant, wild nuts are abundant. Uh, the best dairy in the world I've ever tasted is, is in these lands. Um, the best corn I've ever had, you know, it's, it's, it's a real, I, I, do, I do already feel a real connection to the land that my ancestors came from. But there seemed to be one discovery that captivated Faisal even more than the others. He couldn't stop talking about something sour, funky, and elusive called salsa chocolate. At Sofo and Dorata's, we finally got to see what he meant. It's for sure the most unique product I've seen. And I don't know of anywhere else <clears throat> in the world that makes it. Um, it's quite special, very region specific. Uh, basically what it is is something between a mix of a yogurt, an aged yogurt and a cheese, let's say. So what is it? You have, let's say you're a shepherd and you live, you know, you're, you're living in the, you know, you're taking care of your, your, your herd and you're living in the Biesk in the summertime as, as you would do. What's the Biesk? The Biesk is like, um, Biesk. it's the mountain, it's the, it's Foot, the highlands where. Foothills or? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit higher. Okay. It's the highlands where every village has a Biesk, right? So you have a highlands where in the time of the year, in the summertime, so late spring, uh, end of summer, early autumn, you would move there because of the greenery, you know, slowly the greenery and weather allows you the best land to feed your, to feed your sheep uh, with the weather. And so it's also the rich, the time of the year where the herd is the richest, uh, the richest milk, let's say. So if, whether you have sheep or goat in this case, um, you would take them in the Biesk and they would feed off of thousands of varieties of the best grass, thousands of varieties of the best flowers and plants and the most untouched, beautiful land that, you know, one could imagine. So they get to feast off of this. They get to drink the the absolutely pure water of melting snow cap from the mountains. And then they produce this milk. And so you have already already at your disposal, you have the best milk around that one could one could imagine. And so you're living off of the goats. You know, you're also taking care of them. You're also feeding from them. So you slaughter a goat, you have the skin, you remove the, the wool, etc. you purify the skin in some form, whether it's with scrubbing with ashes or salt water, or however it is. And you would tie up every, every, uh, every open pocket of this, this skin, and then you pour milk with salt 
into the, the base of this. So you use the, the skin as a vessel. And what's incredibly amazing about this is because it predates sous vide cookery and sous vide preservation and vacuum preservation by thousands of years. You have this vessel, which is impermeable, so nothing comes inside, yeah. but everything, could, but water and whey can drip out of it. Wow. So you pour the milk with salt at the bottom and you let this, you allow this to ferment naturally. Also, there's no refrigeration, you know? This is also a, a key factor here. And over time, you keep pouring this amazing, rich goat's milk inside this, this vessel. You tie the top by the time it's full. And over two or three days, <clears throat> it's, the whey separates and this milk keeps fermenting. And then at some point, you, you reach a point where the whey is gone. And so you keep topping up and topping up. And, you know, you are finished with, I don't know, maybe it's a three-week process or so, but you have this skin filled with a yogurty type dairy um and inside is also uh, pieces of juniper wood so the juniper wood is used as a disinfectant so no no none, the wrong microbes if they're around cannot proliferate in that environment so nothing comes in only water can drip out so what you do is you age and keep it hanging in the and in the skin in the skin yeah in your in your stan or in your uh, in your house let's say in your where you're living and this can age for over a year and so you're ensuring that you have this product to keep you going for the winter time and what's the consistency when you finally it's like um it's like a spreadable cheese let's say but the flavor is times 10 of imagine you have a goat's yogurt the flavor is times 10 but it's so deep and rich i mean you feel the skin you feel the environment that that it comes from it's it's the truest connection to living the shepherd life that Albanians, the pastoral life that Albanians have been living for, for generations that I, we've seen. Uh, it's an amazing product. It predates all forms of vacuum preservation and it serves several purposes. It's, you can tie it, you can hang it on your, on your back and carry it around. You can preserve the dairy that's inside. You can let the water drip out, the whey, excuse me. And it's, I mean, it's, it's genius. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's amazing. It's mind it's mind blowing. It opens yeah, when you think when wild. you think about what it is it opens the door to I don't know a world of cookery based off of this this one technique. After the break, we'll go inside one of the most beautiful kitchens I've ever seen. Cook an epic meal with sofo and dorata. Get elbow deep in salsa shakali, and hear all about Faisal's hopes and dreams for the future of Albanian cuisine. Do you want to meet people like Faisal, Sofo, and Durata? Learn their traditions? Eat their food? I've got a program for you. I want to tell you a little bit about SALT. SALT is an acronym for Sea and Land Taste. That's the name of Silver Sea's new immersive culinary program. I'm not just the voice of this podcast, I'm also SALT's director. SALT is all about connecting guests with the food and drink culture of the places they visit. There's a new restaurant and bar focused on changing regional menus, and there's our first ever SALT Lab, a dedicated space for engaging lectures and hands-on cooking lessons. There's also the all-new customized culinary shore excursions, where guests will meet chefs and producers like the ones we talk to on this show. Silver Sea is connecting its guests to the tastes and traditions of the world like never before. Salt launches soon on Silver Sea's newest ship, Silver Moon. Hope to see you aboard.
We are at a village called Trajas, which is in the county of Vlora. That's Faisal's partner, Nicolene Kola, but everybody calls him Nick. He's based in Tirana, Albania's capital, but he's originally from Lej. From uh, this uh, high mountain, you can see the uh, Bay of Oricum and the peninsula of uh, Karaburun. So it's a, a great landscape here, and uh, it's a rocky mountain and a bit dry, but it's amazing, amazing view. Nick and Faisal think a place like this could eventually draw people from all over the world. But they also understand the unique challenges its owners face. They are not coming from the restaurant perspective, but there are real farmers who are trying to uh, share their products and, and, and be hospitable to, to guests. So they're building a, they, they already built a, a, a nice uh, restaurant, an open, a restaurant with an open view. So uh, they're struggling. They're struggling uh, to, uh, to keep up with the costs of building restaurants. And uh, since there is a, the road is difficult to come here, uh, some of the guests uh, find it hard. Some of some of the uh, some people they don't know that this place exists. But uh, it's a it's an amazing place, amazing people, great produce, great food, and uh, we are very happy that we found them. But it takes the these people, you know, guts to do this. You know, to take to go further from what they do on daily basis. Actually, it requires loads of work. Imagine milking uh, 300 goats and taking care of cows and coming back on the kitchen and serving uh, guests who are coming, taking calls. And so it's, uh, it's really hard. And yes, I would say it's unusual. Since we found them on our expedition, we are, first of all, during our expedition, we always looked uh, for these uh, those heroes, those heroes, the, the silent heroes who do not shout loud uh, their work, but they, they do their daily routine. And uh, Sofo and Rata was uh, a great example of these, uh, these heroes. We believe that um, this place deserves both the intention of local and international uh, audience. Nick's right. The view is expansive, uncompromised, peaceful. It's crazy beautiful. But it's the kitchen here that's truly jaw-dropping. When we first came here and I came in, I came, I came in Dorata was kind of embarrassed. Because look at what little I have. Look at what little we have here. And then I come in here, I'm just like, holy shit. This is the dream kitchen for every chef that I know. Any good chef would want to have this like amazing sick layout where you can designate your hot zones, you have coals everywhere, you have this metal rack over here where you could essentially cook the entire goat um, over amazing charcoal, you know, over some burning embers. I mean, you have, how many sachs does she have? She has one, two, three, five sach ready, ready to go to make, to make burek, to make pita, seven, eight sach. Um, charcoal going everywhere. The smell in here you can't, uh, you, you can't describe. Kitchen really isn't even the right word for this place. It's a freestanding stone building, maybe 12 square feet, with a pitched wooden roof. 
Beams of sunlight are slicing through the gaps in the shingles, shining down onto the cooking surfaces, while ribbons of smoke curl back up into the light. Fires are burning at different intensities. Foods are cooking in different vessels at different heights, above the coals, next to the coals, right in the coals themselves. There's enough room for Sofo to butcher a goat. And a bit later, for Dorata to open up a goatskin sack, it's literally the size of a small goat, because it used to be one, and dip into a batch of salsa shakali for the first time. So we're in this uh, stone house built specifically for the kitchen. Um, you can build a fire anywhere here. <clears throat> it's a, it's, I mean, it's, it's a dream. You know, instead of turning on a stove, you can decide that, okay, I'm going to smoke this over here, I'm going to roast this here. But Okay, so right now she's explaining, she's making dog food right now. She's making food for their seven, uh, seven dogs. So this is uh, basically a kind of, let's say, a polenta from the best corn coming from Orekum. So the cornmeal is uh, ground in a stone mill in Orekum, which is not far from here, like a little beach uh, town. Nothing so attractive, let's say, but let's say the corn that they're using is, is grown there. And the, the wheat they buy, the wheat they buy, uh, and they grind it um, in another mill in Leav. She's making a juniper smoked polenta for her dogs. I don't know. There you go. I mean, that's the, that's the real deal for her. It's just dog food, but pretty good well, life for the dogs. Across from the glorious outbuilding where the fires burn, where some world-class polenta is being simmered for the dogs, there's a second kitchen. This one is a bit more modern. It's got lights, plumbing, refrigeration. Here, Dorada shows us how she preps and pickles greens and vegetables. With pepper, garlic, parsley, spezza, and fali. Ambol So spicy red pepper and sweet red pepper. Um, garlic, parsley. Try it. So coarse salt. Okay, so uh, coarse uh, sea salt. Vajuliri. Vajuliri, uthul. Alavo, troj uthul. Uthul kuće. Red wine vinegar. Uthul kuće, a jon ga venen. Rušim. Si vjet pobita pak time. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Alavo, red wine vinegar. So she barbecue the... Ake, ake, mfal. Ake pjekin zgar, me hjeka... Patrželen je skučim na vaj. Veto saj fusi pak na vaj malor, da heći. Okay. She just quickly cooks them in hot oil, yeah, like a frying, very quick, and then... Uh, yeah, kind of like a, like a half cooking. This exchange is the true language of Faisal's Albanian expeditions. A curious and humble contemporary chef learning from a proud master of traditions. Jaracha is preserving eggplant in olive oil and spices. And there's also a bucket of peppers marinating in dairy and stuffed with a kind of fresh cheese. Spezza mejiza. So, jiza from uh, sheep's milk. So, let's say something like a sheep milk ricotta, except you know that the milk that they're using for this is uh, richer than your average, richer than average milk, and these are from their own sheep. Boiling water, 
So you, you stuff the pepper with uh, this uh, kind of ricotta. First you barbecue the pepper and such. You remove the skin. She takes the top off, removes the seeds, but then keeps the top. Um, stuffs it with the sheep milk ricotta. I don't want to call it ricotta, jiza. All right, because so, it's, it's not ricotta. Jiza, raw garlic, spicy pepper. Um, so, um, not clarified butter, but... Butter. So, once she has everything in the jar, in the container, everything already stuffed, she pours um, milk, which has just been boiled, into it. So, sheep's milk again. Uh, which has just been brought to the boil, seals it with butter, lets it sit at room temperature. When everything solidifies, put it in the fridge, and then eventually it's going to turn to yogurt. So it'll be like this yogurt, which, I mean, it's a, it is a lactic fermentation. So you have this milk, which is going to turn to the yogurt eventually from the, from the jiza, from the pepper, from everything in there. That's delicious. Peppery flavors and so so fresh, and and so good. creamy. You can preserve if there's enough. Yeah, interesting, interesting. As long as it's in the fridge. I mean, the longer it sits there, let's say the more tender the pepper is gonna get. But you can age a pepper like this. You can keep this for over a year if you need to. As long as the fat's there, everything is sealed. You don't break the seal. You know, you don't go in with, with your finger and then leave it. Yeah, exactly. On the top. After the masterclass on preserving, Dorada puts together a kind of savory, flaky pie. It's stuffed with stinging nettle, squash leaves, purslane, wild sorrel, wild spinach, chopped leeks, and garlic. She seasons each layer with olive oil. All of it will soon be cooked over embers as part of our lunch. So she's making burek. It's a, let's say, a layered, layered pie, several layers of this dough. Okay, Meal brewer. Creep edeves. Edeves. Ui. Ui. So locally milled flour from Orekum. As jalpas. Village eggs, salt, and water. So she's rolling out each of the layers for this uh, burek. With the burek ready to cook, flatbreads baking directly on the hearth, and Sofo's goat marinating in milk, Durada heads towards what Faisal's been waiting for the salsa shakali. The goat skin sack it's sitting in is the color of brown butter and firm in the manner of a full hot water bottle. Fragrant wood smoke fills the small room. I can still see tufts of the animal's fur along its side. Dorada loosens the closure at the top. Soon her whole arm is inside the hide. So this has been inside the, the skin for two months and this is the first time, this is the first time they're opening it up. And this is the one right, so this first one which we're trying is um, uh, with the milk and the cheese. So the fresh cheese, the jiza, left inside with the milk. And this has been for about two months now. Well, it tastes like, I mean, it's a quite a, it's like an intense yogurt that has pieces of, it tastes like a yogurt that's been mixed with cheese, but in a way where the yogurt is like, if you were to let this sit for another year, these like little cheese curds would, the whole thing would turn into a kind of cheese curd. But instead it's like a saucy, cheesy, yogurty, like rich, yeah, super 
blend it. It's amazing. Does any of that funk come from being inside the skin itself? Absolutely, absolutely does. Absolutely does. You can't you, you can't stay away from the flavor of the the lamb the the goat skin. Um, you know, by being in it, and it's, it's it's as well. It's so thick, so the skin is so thick, and yet, as the the pores are uh, can release the water, um, you know, you really guard guard what's inside because it stays at room temperature. This is one of the coolest kitchens I've ever been in. There's so much happening right now. You've got the bread cooking under the lid, uh, directly on the ashes, directly on the ashes with uh, ashes and coals on top. You've got the borek going over the fire, you've got the cheese and milk uh, curing inside the yeah. lambskin. I mean, it's, it's a lot uh, happening right it's, here. Uh, for it's me, it's amazing. heaven, it's heaven. It's really, it's flavors which really identify with where we are. Flavors and traditions techniques. and techniques Tradi it's, it's, and it's ideas. I mean, this, this embodies like the whole expedition right here. This is everything that we're looking for. After the hours of driving and cooking, we sat down for lunch. The milk-marinated goat was so simple, but just perfect. Tender in the middle, with caramelized edges, slightly sweet, and a touch smoky. The salsa shakali was sharp, sour, intense, but somehow totally balanced. Beyond the pleasure of sharing a meal with such a spectacular view, it was moving to see Faisal's delight in these dishes. They were a true expression of this place. They clearly meant so much to him. After we finished, I asked him about his hopes for the future of Albania's cuisine. Ten years from now, I want somebody in Brazil to say that, my goodness, I came to I came to Rogova, and I had the most amazing flea of my life. And I know flea because I've had flea in Brazil. <laughs> no, I can't go that far. But uh, I mean, if uh, you know uh, a country that has had no voice that that was shuddered for so long if people can can think let's go to albania let's just let's just go eat let's go hang out at the beach let's go to vlor let's go enjoy the amazing amazing landscape there and then let's go to nevica nevica which is a, a village quite quite isolated but hopefully at this time in 10 years there's, there's a road there and let's go you know let's go to tajas let's go hear about the story of this village, which was burned several times during World War II, and then let's go and let's go and eat, you know, <laughs> Sofo's goats. Let's say, I don't know what what to take away in ten years. I hope that Albania, I hope that Albania will grow into a destination where it will be top five in the list for every tourist all over the world for food. If it wasn't clear from my enthusiasm for the ethereal bee pollen and fire-roasted goat, and cheese-stuffed peppers, and the goat farmer's moonshine, and everything else we tried in Albania, including the tripe soup we had at a truck stop, which didn't make it into the show, I was really blown away by all the work Faisal and Nick are doing here, by the depth of their mission, and by their country's incredible singular food. I can't wait to go back. To learn more about Faisal and Nick's expeditions, visit www.rrno.al and follow them on Instagram at albanian.expedition. Thanks so much for joining us on Salt Lab Radio. Come back next time. We're heading to Lisbon for steak sandwiches and a visit to the House of Eels. Salt Lab Radio is produced for Silver Sea Cruises by Rob Corso, Casey Kahn, and Howie Kahn at Freetime Media. Episode music by John Palmer. 
Special thanks to Faisal Demirai, Nick and Bled Arcola, Durata and Sofo, Barbara Muckerman, Barbara Beefy, Elena Moriando, Vimian Mato, Sheila Donnelly, Evan Block, and Tom Camuso. And I'm your host, Adam Sachs. Salt Lab Radio is brought to you by Silver Sea Cruises. With more than a thousand destinations over seven continents, including exclusive culinary adventures on the all-new Silver Moon, Silver Sea travels deeper.